Chapter Three of the Combined Maze by Mason Clare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Three. It was the night of the grand display of the spring of nineteen two. To the gymnasium of the London Polytechnic you ascended in nineteen two as to a temple by a flight of steps and you found yourself in a great oblong room of white walls with white pillars supporting the gallery that ran all around it the railing of the gallery was of iron tracery painted green with a brass balustrade the great clean white space the long ropes for the trapezes which hung from the ceiling and were looped up now to the stanchions the coarse canvas of the mattresses the disciplined lines the tramping feet the commanding voices of the instructors gave a confused and dreamlike suggestion of the lower deck of a man-of-war to-night under the west end of the gallery a small platform was raised for the mayor of marylebone and a score of guests the galleries themselves were packed with members of the polytechnic and their friends the programme of the grand display announced as its first item parallel bars tableau by messrs booty tyser buist watchope and j r f ransom there was a murmur of surreptitious half-ironic applause stick it ransom stick it old boy the reference was to his extraordinary attitude j r f ransom appeared as the apex and the crown of a rude triangular structure whose base was formed by the high parallel bars flanked at each end by two bodies booty and tizer front two supple adolescent bodies bent backward like two bows he stood head downward on his hands that grasped and were supported by the locked arms of two solid athletes buist and walchope themselves mounted gloriously and perilously on the straining bars considered as to his arms and the white zephyr and flannels that he wore he was merely a marvellous young man balancing himself with difficulty in an unnatural posture but his body uptilted poised as by a miracle in air with the slender curve of its back its flattened hips its feet laid together like wings folded in the first downrush might have been the body of a young immortal descending with facile precipitancy to earth he maintained for a sensible moment his appearance of having just flown from the roof of the gymnasium far below the photographer fumbled leisurely with his apparatus hurry up there stick it ransom half a mo stick it ranny stick it they whispered steady does it and ranny stuck it ranny actually from his awful eminence sang out no fear the flashlight immortalized his moment that was his way to stick it to see it out to go through with the adventure alert and gay wearing that fine smile of his so extravagantly uplifted at the corners stick it was the motto of his individual recklessness and of the dogged enduring conservatism of his class it kept him in a mahogany pen at a mahogany desk for forty-four hours a week and it sustained him in his orgies of physical energy at the poly gym best of all it sustained him in his daily and nightly encounters with young mercier he was all the more determined to stick it by the knowledge that young mercier was up there in the gallery looking at him he could see him leaning over the balustrade and smiling at him atrociously 
he took advantage of an interval and joined him he was half inclined to ask him what he meant by it for he was always at it whenever young mercier caught ranny doing a sprint he smiled atrociously at wandsworth behind the counter or in the little zinc-roofed dispensing-room at the back among the horribly smelling materials of his craft he smiled remembering him mercier was a black-haired thick-set youth with heavy features and a heavy pasty face a face oddly decorated by immense and slightly prominent blue eyes a face where all day the sensual dream brooded heavily his black eyebrows gave it a certain accent and distinction it was because of his dream that leonard mercier could afford to smile he was one of those who wanted to know what ranny did it for he couldn't see what fun the young goat got out of his evenings not half no nor a quarter of what he mercier could get from one night at the empire or when he took his girl to earl's court or the wandsworth coliseum and though up there in the gallery he had said by jove and that he was blowed and that that young ransom was a corker though he boasted to three entire strangers that that young fellow was a friend of his his curiosity was still unsatisfied he still wanted to know what the young goat did it for he wanted to know it now and at his insistence young ransom was abashed how could he explain to old eno what he did it for or what it felt like he couldn't explain it to himself he had no words for it for that ecstasy of living that fusion of all faculties in one rhythm and one vibration one continuous transport of physical energy take sprinting alone how could he convey to jujubes in his disgusting flabbiness any sense of the fine madness of running of the race of the blood through the veins of the hammer strokes of the heart of the soft pad of the feet on the highway to jujubes who went in like a cushion no matter where you prodded him how describe the feel of a taut muscle the mounting swell of it the resistance and the small almost impalpable ripple and throb under the skin he couldn't have described it to himself so he gave jujubes his invariable casual answer you did it because it kept you fit and because he let old eno have it it kept you decent old eno would be a lot decenter if he went in for it it would do him worlds of good to which old eno replied that he thought he saw himself as for joining ranny's precious old polly why for all the life you were likely to see there you might as well be in a young lady's boarding-school and ransom said that that was where jujubes ought to be he liked young ladies among them he intimated his flabbiness might not excite remark girls he pondered it were flabby things chivalry constrained him to a mental reservation winnie diamond and the young ladies of the poly gym accepted but he was glad that mercier didn't stay to see them young leonard whose smile was growing more and more atrocious had declared that the young ladies of the empire ballet were a bit more in his line and he had made off elbowing his way through the crowded gallery and crooning boys of the empire as he went while ransom pursued him with a scornful adjuration to go home and take a saline draught but you couldn't shame old eno he triumphed and exulted in his flabbiness for he was a boy of the empire he had seen life and would see more and more of it ransom went down again into the hall he removed himself from the crowd and leaned against a pillar in abstraction arms folded showing the great muscles a splendid figure in his white zephyr 
trimmed with crimson with a crimson sash of leadership knotted at his side thus withdrawn he watched half furtively the performance of the young ladies of the polytechnic gymnasium one by one with an air incorruptibly decorous the young ladies of the polytechnic gymnasium hurled themselves upon the parallel bars they waggled themselves by their hands along them they swung themselves from side to side of them and outstretched themselves between them with a foot and a hand upon each bar they raised their bodies thus supported like an arch they slackened them and flung themselves with a crescendo of decorous delirium from side to side again and over alighting on their feet in a curtsying posture and with the left arm extended in a little perfunctory gesture of demonstration to the audience as much as to say there you are and nothing could be easier nothing could be more conventional and more unspeakably correct only when winnie diamond did it there was a difference or it seemed so to young ransome winnie approached the bars with shyness and a certain earnestness and gravity of intent she hesitated for a moment she was adorable in vacillation she shook her head at the bars she bit her lip at them she set her face at them in defiance then with a sudden amazing celerity she gave a little run forward and leaped upon them she swung herself in perfect rhythm and motion onward and upward and from side to side she arched her sturdy but exquisitely supple body like a bridge flung herself over as if in pure abandonment of joy and lighted on her feet curtsying correctly but with something piteous in the gesture of the outstretched arm and upon her face an expression of great surprise and wonder at herself as if winnie said not there you are but here i am and oh i never thought i should be and from his place by the pillar ransome gave the little inarticulate murmur he reserved for winnie it was charged with his sense of tenderness and absurdity a quarter to ten his own performances his wonderful performances on the horizontal bar were over and over the demonstration by f booty with the indian clubs where young fred slender and supple as a fawn played on his own muscles in faultless rhythm and now with an eye upon the mayor the order was given for the last item on the programme there was a rush of energetic young men who flung themselves upon the properties of the gymnasium they ran them the parallel bars the horses the mattresses in under the galleries they uprooted the posts of the horizontal bar they cleared the whole of the vast oblong space bounded by the pillars an attendant then appeared with a bit of chalk in his hand and with the chalk he drew upon the floor certain mystic circles one at each corner of the oblong one in the centre the heart of the maze and facing it two smaller circles one at each side on a visionary line seven mystic seven sacred circles in all did he draw and vanished unconscious of the sanctity and symbolism of his deed for he with his bit of white chalk had marked the course for the great running for the race that the young men and the young girls run together with the racing of the stars for the unloosening of the holy primal energies in a figure and a measure and a ritual old as time it was all very well for the instructor blind instrument of unspeakably mysterious forces to pretend that he invented it that august figure of the seven-circled maze to explain it as he does to the inquiring by the analogy of a billiard-table with its pockets for never yet on any billiard-table was a race run 
in a contest waged like that in which these young men and girls ran and contended drawn up at the far end of the hall under the east gallery in two ranks four breasted the men on the one side and the women on the other they waited and the leader of each rank had a foot on a corner circle they waited marking time with their feet first to the thudding beat of the barbell on the floor and then to an unheard measure secret and restrained the murmur of life in the blood the rhythm of the soundless will the beat of the unseen urging energy that gathered to intensity desirous of the race as yet the soul of it slept in their rigid bodies their grave forward-looking faces their behaviour so excessively correct somebody whispered the word and on a sudden they let themselves go they started young tizer breasting the wind of his own speed his head uplifted and thrown backward led the men and she with the questing face and wide pointing breasts of artemis led the girls and he had young ransom on his heels and she winnie and behind them the fourfold serried ranks thinned and thinned out and spun themselves in two lines of single file two threads one white one dark blue both flecked with crimson two threads that in their running were wound and unwound and woven in a pattern dark blue and white and crimson that ran and never paused and never ended and was never the same for first each line was flung slantwise from the corner circle whence it had started and where the two met point by point perpetually in the centre circle they as it were intersected men and women wriggling sliding and darting with incredible dexterity through each other's ranks and the pattern was a cross a tricolour then they wheeled round the circle that was and was not their goal and did it all over again but instead of intersecting at the centre circle they struck off there at a tangent and the pattern blue by blue divided from white by white and all red flecked was two wide v's set point to point a pattern that ran away and vanished as each thread returning wheeled round the circle whence the other thread had started and all this at the top speed set by tizer and with the thud of the men's feet and the pad of the women's all this with a secret challenge and defiance of one sex to the other with separation and estrangement with a never-ending baffling approach and flight with the furtive darting of man from woman and of woman from man whirled in their courses from each other as they met and now the lines doubled they were running two abreast slantwise and as they intersected in the sacred centre circle it was with a mingling of the threads a weaving of blue with white and white with blue so that each man had in flight before him a maiden and so that at their circles east and west where they wheeled they wheeled together side by side as the maze flung them and now they were circling and serpentining up and down and down and up with contrary motion in a double figure of eight they were winding in and out among the pillars and wheeling round the middle circles north and south side by side till they split there and parted and met again in the centre and were flung from it to wheel again deliriously double ringed round all the six outermost circles at once and now as if they were torn from the ends of the earth by the irresistible attraction of the seventh circle they were whirling round the centre in a double ring a ring of young men round a ring of girls and then as by some mysterious compulsion they divided and cast themselves off in rows of two couples 
man and girl by man and girl linked with arms on each other's shoulders eight rows in all eight spokes that sprang from the sacred circle ringed with eight four men and four girls who were the felly of the wheel all running all revolving such was the magic of the maze and the unconscious genius of the instructor that the pattern of the running wound and unwound and knit itself together in the supreme symbol of the great wheel of eight spokes the wheel of life and the ancient rhythmic rush and race of the world and the wheeling of all stars the swinging and dancing of all atoms the streaming and eddying of the ancestral stuff of life was in the whirling of that living wheel it was one immortal motion continuous and triumphant in the bodies of those men and maidens as they ran and they shop-girls and shop-boys and young clerks slipped off their memories of the desk encounter and a joy an instinct and a sense that had no memory woke in them savage virgin and shy the pure and perfect joy of the young body in its own strength and speed the instinct of the hunter of the hills and woodlands the sense of feet padding on grass and fallen leaves of ears pricking alert of eyes that face the dawn on the high downs and go glancing through the coverts and as this radiant and vehement life rose in them like a tide their gravity and shyness and severity passed from them here and there hair was loosened combs were shed and nobody stopped to gather them for frenzy seized on the young men and their arms pressed on the girls shoulders urging the pace faster and faster and light swift as their flying feet shot from their eyes and they laughed each to the other as they ran so divine was now the madness of their running so inspired the whirling of the wheel that the thing showed plainly as the undying immemorial ecstasy showed as the secret dance of magic and of mystery taken over by the london polytechnic and at the very moment when its corybantic nature most declared itself constrained to an order and a beauty tremendous and austere so wise and powerful was the london polytechnic for ransom mixed with that joy of the running there was a joy of his own an instinct and a sense virgin and shy absolved from memory he found it when winnie diamond ran before him in the slender innocent movement of her hips under her thin tunic in the absurd flap flapping of the door-knocker plait on her shoulders in the glances flicked at him by the tail of her eye as she wheeled from him in the endless pursuit and capture and approach and flight as she was parted was flung from him and returned to him in the windings of the maze he found it to perfection in the pressure of each other's arms as the maze wed them and whirled them running locked together in the pattern of the wheel it was not love so much as some inspired sense of comradeship mingled inextricably with that other sense of absurdity and tenderness not love not passion even when in the excitement of the running she swerved to the wrong side and he had to turn her with his two hands upon her waist for it was the law of their running that though it was one with the movement of life itself mysteriously while the thing lasted it precluded passion end of chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine